to the new Perform for Life podcast. Not the Why Not Now, Joe. This is just the Perform Oh, it's for not Life. the Why Not Now podcast anymore. No, it is a Why Not Now podcast. I was just kidding. It's a Perform for oh, Life Why Not no, Now podcast. No, we can't change that handle already. We have too many followers. Too confusing. Changing We're, names. It's like it's like Puff Daddy back in the day. Is it Puffy? Okay. Is it Daddy? Is it Diddy? P Diddy? We don't know. We're not gonna try and confuse our listeners. We're trying to keep it safe. We're hopefully trying to start 2021 off with uh, on a positive note, and uh, really, really ready to do that today, Brian. Really excited to get that going. The catalyst, the catalyst of podcasts for 2021. Very excited for it. And the changes uh, that we're doing too. We're not doing. Focus a focus on business. We're focusing on wellness and performance. Love really it. want to give you tips on how to perform for life. Tips, tricks, and and just some good insights. Love it. So shall we get this party started? I'm ready to get my party started. I'm so excited about this because uh, we happen to be talking about one of my favorite topics, um, sleep. And we have none other uh, joining us to discuss that today. Is a close personal friend of yours and employee, correct? Correct. He's a movement specialist, performance coach here. Um, Jacob, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. This is pretty fun to be on here. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, I know you've been talking a lot throughout the pandemic on social media about living a more, uh, you know, holistic, comprehensively healthy lifestyle. And I think the best way to kick it off, this new year, we have a lot of stresses on our minds, a lot of things happening in our nation, and with more stress, anxiety, it becomes more difficult to sleep. And that really is a foundation to good health, I think. It starts with sleep. Without sleep, everything else becomes disrupted, right? As you know, Jacob, your nutrition, exercise, you don't have the energy that you once had to do a lot of things optimally. And there's a whole other mess of things that it causes. But sir, I know you, are an expert in this well not a sleep expert but you have a lot of good insights on sleep and i'd like you to share kind of your your initial thoughts i know there's two critical thoughts that you've been thinking of right now that are really relevant one it's it's new year's happy new year everyone and weight loss is a big focus right everyone wants to lose weight so how does sleep connect to weight loss number one and number two with a vaccine coming in and we're all going to get vaccinated soon or those of us who choose how does sleep affect the vaccine so jacob take it away sir for sure for sure well i think before even those two other bigger topics um you did allude to just sort of the base foundation which um we can get into any number many 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 specific uh components of this but right off the bat it's basically the it'll be a broken record um the cheat code to like understanding how sleep affects uh every physiological process neurological process, um, every organ that we ever, anytime we try to compare how any of those function in a sleep deprivation model, which basically we'd be probably about less than seven hours of sleep per night. Oftentimes the, in the studies, they're going probably less than six or even uh, less than that. But um, where well-rested would usually be probably somewhere between like seven and nine. Uh, basically every physiological process, every neurological process, every organ and organ system, et cetera, is uh, negatively affected by sleep deprivation and all of their function is enhanced with uh, sufficient, uh, sufficient amount of sleep. Um, and again, we can get into more specifics of that. 
Related to those two topics right off the top of mind, there are quite a number of components for relating sleep to weight loss, where sleep is like one of the best silver bullets for trying to, to conquer this, um, this problem. Because um, right off the bat, I mean, when, when, when people are sleep deprived, it's sort of the, probably the easier way to frame a number of these things. Um, people who are, who are sleep deprived from a hormonal level, sleep deprivation will increase uh, affects leptin and ghrelin. Uh, ghrelin is hunger hormone, so it keeps ghrelin higher and leptin lower. Leptin is what makes you feel satiated. And so um, that those two then start to affect other elements downstream. When they've taken, uh, they've taken participants and they'll have them go into like a buffet-style setting and have the sleep-deprived group will tend to eat about 300 calories more in that setting where they're just given like free reign to eat as much as they want. In, That's significant. Uh, which is significant. When you do the math over, if you did that like one meal a day, every day it's like 72,000 calories, which is That's like- 20 pounds. It's 20 pounds, like roughly 20, 20 pounds. pounds. Yeah. And wow. so that, in effect, that basically it's like the the only factor that they could, that they were tracking that was uh, significantly affected there was if you just slept sufficiently, which is again pretty much just like seven to nine hours of sleep. So, just to add to that, if you really think about weight loss, the number one thing that you could probably do to support yourself, I mean, you could argue sleep is most important, but is how much calories you take in. So if I sleep less, I'll eat more, which is the number one factor that I really want to dial in is eating less calories to lose weight, at least one of the most important factors. So now that's going to get in my way of me wanting to eat less. Yeah. Not to mention that like the, the foods that tend to be desired in that setting are those salty, sugary, higher, more the, the foods that are more processed and uh, greater caloric density. And people like specifically avoiding like vegetables and meats and stuff. The things that are like that should be the foundation of probably what a lot of people eat. Of course, not for people who don't eat meat. But um, you have that, and then also the fact that sleep deprivation is increasing uh, sympathetic nervous uh, sympathetic nervous system drive, which is basically like there's these two branches of your nervous system. One is like the fight or flight side. That is sympathetic. The sympathetic side. Parasympathetic is usually coined as rest and digest. When you are sleeping, you want it to be like all rest and digest. And we want to have like a healthy and appropriate amount of sympathetic. Well, sleep deprivation like independently will increase sympathetic drive throughout the day. And one of the components of that is that when we are in that stressed out state, which is essentially what also sympathetic nervous system activity does, it's like replicating a stress situation um, increases cortisol which increases fat accumulation decreases muscle uh, muscle building something else sleep deprivation does that affects body composition is that in models where they've taken uh, people on two different groups and they were equally um, caloric they were both in a caloric deficit but one the only factor that was different once again was the group that was sufficiently slept had significantly less decreases in lean body mass when they they like both groups lost similar amounts of weight, but the sleep deprived group lost more muscle mass basically as part of their weight that they lost. Whereas the group that was well slept 
um, retained more muscles. And I don't really need to explain to anyone why. I don't think we need to go into why retaining muscle. I mean, retaining muscle, uh, building or just keeping the muscle that you have when you're trying to lose weight is like one of the strongest factors that you can have working to your advantage if you're trying to lose weight. No, no, that's perfect. I'm glad you touched on that. I think those are the two biggest takeaways is if it changes your hormonal level to want to eat more, that's going to get hugely in your way. The calories in and out principle we know is the biggest factor in losing weight when it comes to nutrition. And then on the exercise side, you pointed out that it decreases our ability to gain lean mass. And lean mass, more lean mass means a higher basal metabolic rate, which means that you burn more calories at rest. So that gets in my way. I can't burn calories at rest as well. And thus, if I exercise, I'm trying to build muscle. I'm gonna be in a more catabolic state it's going to be hard to increase my ability to lean, to increase my ability to make lean muscle. It's just all, it's all bad. It yeah. all gets in my way of trying to eat healthy, trying to exercise and do the right exercise, which the next episode actually, spoiler alert, is going to be on why muscle mass is important as your foundation to the New Year's weight loss goals. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think that's, that's perfect, Jacob. I mean, brilliantly said... I want to jump into the second topic before we wrap up this episode. And by the way, 10-minute episodes or less this time, so you can really take in the information, digest, apply it, and um, you know, go on through your day. So, Jacob, tell me more about, like, I'm really curious about this one. I don't know too much about this, to be honest with you, how sleep deprivation affects the vaccine. Yeah, so I do want to say, because, you know, to clear up that this research has not been done with the specific recent vaccines, with the 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 coronavirus vaccines. Um, however, in some other research that's actually like suppressed in like 2002, was done with the standard flu vaccine. And they took groups and they had one group be, they had, they, they tracked them using wearables. Um, and so they tracked the sleep of, of folks who were, um, they had one group that they specifically wanted to be sleep deprived. I think it was four to five hours of sleep a night. And the other group was, um, I think seven and a half to, to nine hours. And those two groups, uh, between those two groups, the group that had them sleep for that amount of time for six days before getting vaccinated. And the sleep deprivation group had, well, the off of that, the sufficient sleep group had the amount of antibody response to the vaccine afterwards that one would expect. And both groups went back to normal sleep after getting vaccinated. I should say that uh, that's sort of important. That is an important factor. Um, and so, whereas the sleep deprivation group had like a 50%, I think it was a 50% lower antibody response than the vaccination group. And again, this is just before you go into getting vaccinated. So, granted, again, this is not the same vaccine. This is not, you know, we're not, believe me, they're not, probably not you taking samples of the vaccine and not distributing it to the population to be doing research with it. Um, but still, this is some evidence with very similar viruses that our antibody response to a vaccine could be very significantly diminished if we're sleep deprived going up to the point where we get vaccinated. Yeah, it makes me think about just immunity too in general. The better the sleep, the better immune response is, right? Okay. And I know we're all somewhat afraid, if not terrified by the virus that's out there. So 
sleeping more is gonna give you better immune system to fight against viruses. And I mean, again, there's the potential. We're connecting a little bit more dots. There's, there's certainly this is speculation. I don't want to be a fear monger or anything like that. But you know, there's some evidence that could suggest that you, um, by being very sleep deprived for like the week leading up to getting vaccinated, that you could essentially waste your vaccine. Wow, Joe, what do you think now? Um, I'm still getting the vaccine, like no matter what, um, for sure. Um, no, but, I, I, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I think I think you know. I mean, my I feel like I sleep like almost too much. It's actually, yeah. Hey, can you actually answer me this, Jacob? Is it, is it possible to sleep too much or oversleep? Uh, the oversleeping, uh, the basically the normal amount of sleep we would say is a range of like seven to nine per night. If somebody's getting more than nine per night, that the only time that I would say that that would sort of raise is like one of my clients was doing that. I would probably try to ask some questions of like, there are some times where folks who are oversleeping could be folks who have um, some kind of underlying disease or illness or some kind of, or sometimes for, that could be one of the symptoms of um, some types of mental illnesses. But again, as even if I did know, learn that, then I'm like, well, that's beyond my purview. I'd recommend you go to see the appropriate medical, medical professional. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not having any of those, I would be, I would be like, ah, probably fine. <laughs> Cause I have, I, I have heard like people saying like, it, it's possible to like over like sleep so much the night before that you just wake up like constantly groggy and like, in this kind of, kind of like catatonic state. Has that ever happened to you, you Bryant or Jacob, any of you, where you like oversleep, you sleep too much and you just feel groggy the next day. It's happened to me. So I'm no, just, I, I don't know but... if I'm the only one here. But Joe, next episode, part two of sleep, we're going to talk about sleep and performance and athletes actually, like professional athletes, athletes getting ready for the Olympics, they actually sleep on the higher end, on the more like 10 hours, even even more, some of them. And we'll talk about why that's more important for them. Okay. But that makes sense because they're moving around all the time. Their bodies probably need that rest. But there's exactly. no like in, like in your research, there's been no like chemical that you develop like in your brain or your body for, you know, sleeping too much or anything. Like if you're sleep deprived, you're mentioning that one chemical or that one thing that you develop that um, affects your appetite. You know, there's nothing, um, you know, like uh, medio physical like that is happening. Not that, not that I'm aware of. Again, it would be, I'd be mostly looking for something underlying that could be related to all of that sleep that could be like undiagnosed or something, but that would have to be pretty, severe and I would just ask like are you sleep do you sleep like that like every night uh, and again probably my degree of alertness of like be of like um, being of concern would be related to how much above that like nine hour ish mark somebody mm-hmm. is but I do not know of anything specific that it's like we know that this thing happens when you sleep too much. no okay it's kind of like water Joe you can't really do too much of it it's difficult how much okay. do you sleep What's that? I'm curious. How often? How much do I sleep? Yeah, like six, seven hours a night. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, go to bed like go to bed like eleven, eleven thirty or so. Wake up at six. I was like, so you're not even close. You got like you got a huge buffer, man. You could sleep way more. Yeah. Oh no, I mean, if I could do it, I could I could sleep like ten. Like twelve hours. Like if I don't have to get up, like I'll like Sundays I wake up and I almost miss kickoff, 
because I go to bed at like, you know, midnight or something. And I'm like, oh, I wake up like 9.45, like, dang, like, why am I up so early? I'm like, oh, shit, like, I forgot to set my lineup. And then I got to make all my bets, and then, I'm just, you know, I'm scrambling around. So that that's like what wakes me up. But if I didn't have I was like, wait, what you were exactly describing is the experience that a lot of people have, which is called a process called social jet lag. Um, but you know, that could be the, the, the topic of, of sleep deprivation during the week. And then you oversleep on the weekend, okay, but yeah, you gotta catch up before we healthy? go. That is not healthy. Too long, don't read version of that is, gotcha. um, that's not healthy. The brain can't catch up on sleep. It's not like a, a bank account where you can rack up a debt and then pay it off oh. over the weekend. We never quite ever fully regain the sleep that is lost. So ideally, we're sleeping roughly the same amount on a, on a daily basis. But I don't mean to, to judge you well, or that shame just you. That sucks. Is that, that I just, <laughs> only Sorry, you. You're the only one who does that. This is like cool. super common for a lot of folks. It's just something that we want to try to move away from. But I am no saint when it comes to sleep. This is a whole topic that part of why I learned about it is because I struggled with it a lot. So thank goodness it's one of our favorite topics there thanks a lot jacob which is why we're we're even going to continue this conversation on on next week's podcast brian Brian. i I know you said it a little bit earlier brian but what's gonna what are we talking about next week um how sleep affects your performance boom whether it's your work performance life performance athletic performance it's gonna affect your performance if you're not getting enough and bottom line takeaway from today just sleep a little more it can help your immune system it can maybe allow the vaccine to work better and it can definitely help you lose weight. Mm-hmm. And if you like what you heard today or what you watched today, if you're watching on YouTube, um, come back next week. Check us out because we're going to be talking with Jacob again. We'll be talking about sleep. We're we'll talking performance. Two of my favorite things, sleep and performance. So it's going to be an exciting episode. I'm, re- I'm already ready for it. Why not now? Why not now?